What's going on, team? Welcome to an episode of the Keep Going Podcast Season 2. This is your co-host, Luke Wheat, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Before the show starts, make sure to follow us on our socials. Okay, Twitter, the Keep Going Pod, Insta, the KG Podcast, and YouTube, at the KG Pod. Just a reminder that we are not psychiatrists and not psychologists, just a couple ex-athletes trying to make a difference and end the stigma of mental health. Thank you guys for listening, and let's get to the show. That keep going moment. My keep going moment. That's my keep going moment. Let's keep going. That episode 42 of the Keep Going Podcast, Athlete Shining a Light on Mental Health. I'm here live in Chicago, Illinois. I got Jackie Tripp and the Peterson Brothers. Jackie, what's going on? Not much. I'm finally in Plymouth for this episode. I was in he, New York, Maine, you made and it I'm home. here. You made it home. <laughs> I know. I've been bouncing around. People are like, where are you? But doing well. Went to a concert last night with some friends. Going to watch some football today. So not much else going on. Love it. How was the concert? Good. Unreal. It was Noah Khan, if anybody... Knows oh, I is. do. Drum dial? Come on. You already know. Yeah, it was really, really good. I'd never seen Xfinity Center that packed. Like, I think he sold the place out. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he has a lot of Quinn. He has a lot of songs with Quinn. So I'm a big fan of Quinn as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Very nice. And then you went with some friends last night, you said? Yeah, some friends with school. Oh, beautiful. Love that. Talking. I know you got the Pats. How we feel about the Pats tonight? Um, we're feeling okay. I mean, anything what? can happen it's after Thursday's okay. game. I, I'm always like very, very hopeful when it comes to sports just because I've seen so many upsets. But then at the bottom, like deep down, I know it's probably not going to go well. So, okay, fair enough. Well, hey, Belichick and the Patriots have won enough. So I'm not going to get super over. Exactly. Got it. <laughs> Don't got feel it. bad. Right. Well, obviously, we got Ray and Jake here, which I'm super excited. If you haven't noticed already, if you're watching the live cam, we do not have Luke Wheat here, which we're a man down. So we need a man up. So, JPD, what's going on, brother? Oh, it hurts not having Weeder here, but I'm doing great, man. Can't uh, really say enough. Get us on here, get us spreading the good word and uh, trying to help some people out. So I'm excited. Love that, man. Let's make some impact. And I know you got the Packers hoodie on. If I'm, if I'm seeing correctly, the old school Packers hoodie. Oh, Talk yeah. Talk about your pack today. Oh, they they got a good shot, man. You know, I, we're, we're down a receiver, uh, but we got everyone else back. Got Gary back. We got Van Ness from my hometown. Go Broncos. Loving that. And uh, V-Town, Lil Barrington, shout out already, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're giving the shouts. Love it. Love it, brother. And I got to say this, too, while we're here. Did the Jordan Love jersey come in? Yes or no? Not in yet. I, w- I would have it on right now if it came in. I, not in yet. I figured you would. I figured you would. All right. Perfect. And we got to bounce over to Ray here with the orange beanie. What's going on, Ray? I am doing great. Um, ready to get going on here, and like Jake said, ready to make an impact. Love that, brother. Love that. You guys got anything going on baseball-wise today, or you have an off day? No, we have a – it's actually kind of crazy this year. We have we have Sundays off for the whole fall, so it's wow. very exciting to get, to get to sit down and finally watch the Packers play a couple of games this year, so I'm oh excited. Which, when it comes to the D1 grind and the balance, that's pretty rare. So definitely take advantage of that and uh, and definitely enjoy that today and going forward, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, it's, it's very exciting because I haven't gotten this opportunity at all the last two years I've been here. So it's it's awesome, for sure. No, I love that, man. Definitely, hopefully, leading to good things, right? Like, having that balance is a big piece, which we'll touch on today. But – 
what we do to start off pretty much every episode is we talk about what we did this week for our mental health. So I'm going to swing it over to Jackie. What did you do this week for your mental health? Um, so I said this to you, Pat, yesterday. I listened to a podcast this week with Chad Wright and Nick Bear. And what Chad was saying that everything you do, you should do with patience, presence, and be like deliberate about what you do. So this week, I've really been trying to be all those three things when I do. And I've been having at least an hour or two a day where I can't see my phone, whether it's homework, going to the gym. So I'd say the biggest thing is that the days I went to the gym this week, I left my phone at my house. Um, and I just, on the way to the gym, focused on how I wanted to feel during my workout and how present I wanted to be. And I felt not only like physically strong when I left the gym, but mentally strong. And it's really made a difference in my workouts and just how the rest of my day goes. So if anybody's able to do that, I know it's kind of hard with people who work and have kids, whatever, but if anybody's able to try and get a workout in without their phone, I know people like music, um, then definitely try to do so because it's very, very good for me mentally. No, I love that. I think it's something I've been trying to do. Um, obviously, I told you this week, I've been on the clock for a lot of my workouts, but like putting that phone in a locker, leaving it, really being fully present, not only do you get a better pump, which we all love, obviously, but like the second thing is being able to really be locked in for the two hours and get away from everything. I think it's a big thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Jake, how about you? What did you do this week for your mental health? Yeah, first of all, major props to Jackie on that. I know I couldn't get through a workout without some music going, so major props that you can do it and really grind on that. Um, but personally, yeah, every week I try and get workouts in, try and make myself be, uh, feel better both physically and mentally with that. Um, and then along with that, I've just been trying to open up a little bit more and keep in touch with a lot of important people in my life. So not only with texting, because, you know, texting only carries so much emotional value, in my opinion, but through phone calls. So I've got a 45 minute commute every day to work. So on the way home, because typically I'm on the East Coast now, so not everybody's up or not everybody's willing to make a phone call in the morning. But on the way home, I just try and call somebody, uh, you know, important in my life that I've had an impact with. Um, and I want to, you know, just check in on them and make sure they know that I'm there for them and that we have that good relationship still. No, I love that, man. Something that I've talked about um, on Thankful Thursdays before, right? Like yep. make that extra touch, man. Life is too short, right? We A lot of our buddies are God sent, universe sent, whatever you believe in, just amazing people. So letting them know how much they matter, I think is a huge thing. Ray, how about you? Um, I, I definitely could say that I connect to a little bit of what Jake's talking about with a phone call. Um, I know recently it's, it gets so hard when you're so busy to, you know, take that time to maybe give somebody a phone call that you haven't talked to in a while and just check in. But I think something that I try to consistently do, um, first, I want to give a shout out to, to my trainer here at school. Um, he's he's absolutely amazing. Um, oh, shout him out. I need a name, right? Give me a name. Uh, his name's Dan Pfeiffer. Um, Dan, love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, my boy. Dan, the man, um, from a physical and mental standpoint, he's been awesome. Um, I've been dealing with a little elbow issue um, the last month and a half, um, which has been tough, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. Um, and he's really, he's really helped me work through it all. Um, we do a lot of breathing exercise together, me and him. Um, just to kind of slow everything down in my life and just kind of 
take it all in where I'm not putting so much pressure on myself to kind of get back to where I was at full strength. Um, so I think that's really important. And um, I think moving forward with him, especially it's, we're going to keep doing these breathing exercises and, you know, we're going to continue to see me physically just start to get better. And then my mental health, obviously too, um, just kind of, trying to clear my head, kind of get away from everything else going on in my life and just slow things down. So I love that. I love that. Jenny's, I love that. Jenny's nodding her head. So I want her to go ahead. What do you got? Well, if, if we was on here, he'd be freaking out because he's always big on breathing exercises. I think he read a book of, on that a few months ago, but I recently got into doing, it's called the Wim Hof method. Um, if you just look it up on YouTube, it's there. It's a breathing technique. And I did, I was kind of, I wasn't against it, but I had heard, I think Huberman on his podcast say to try breathing exercises. And I didn't think it was going to have that much of a difference, but I did like a 10 minute one a few mornings, um, a few weeks ago. And I was, I noticed how much of an impact it had on me. Cause you don't realize sometimes like how important it is to breathe. And I'll notice now if I'm anxious or strung out, then I need to catch my breath. So, um, that's amazing that your trainer is having you do that. Not only is he helping you rehab, but I haven't heard of a lot of trainers do that, so I'm glad you shouted him out because I think that's incredible that he's been doing that with you. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, you said Dan Pfeiffer, correct, Ray? Dan Pfeiffer, yeah. It's, it's kind of cool because um, we actually had a mental health coach the last two years here at UIC. His name is Connor. Love that. Love that. Um, he's now in the Cincinnati Reds organization as a mental health coach. Um, but he kind of passed on some of those ideas throughout our organization and now my trainers kind of incorporated that with me and me and him have kind of taken that head on and really helped me get through my rehab. So it's been awesome. I'm loving that already. I, I think it's such a big thing, right? Like all being former college athletes to have that outlet, right? To have someone to go to that's got a little bit more experience than the common college kid or even college coach, right? I think that's super powerful. Love that, Ray. Appreciate you sharing that early on and we're all Already getting after, which I love. I, I don't expect any less from you guys, but I want to bounce over to Jake. And here's why. So obviously our listeners know Jake through obviously Maryville College, know Luke, all that good stuff. Jake, talk about a little bit about your college career, how you got to where you're at now. Yeah. So now I'm actually a business success advisor with Old Dominion. But prior to that, I was a baseball coach at Union College. Um, during my college playing days. Go dogs, baby. Oh, yeah. Go Bulldogs. Um, but during my college playing days, I started at College of Lake County, which is a community college uh, right on the Wisconsin border in Illinois. And then my goal was always D1. Right. And I think that's everyone's goal. Make the D1 go D1. You know, it's that big push. It's kind of, again, the tough spot of putting major expectations on yourself, you know, pushing hard throughout all the workouts, everything else. And unfortunately, that just didn't happen. And in part, that was due to an injury. Um, I blew up my shoulder, tore my rotator cuff, labrum, and bicep all at the same time. Um, had to get surgery on that. And unfortunately, at that point, my shoulder wasn't really able to recover. Uh, and I kind of knew the D1 dream was gone, but I wanted to keep playing baseball uh, because I loved it. I love the sport. I love the camaraderie. I love the challenge, um, everything about that. So I ended up going to Maryville College, which is a Division three down in Tennessee, which I'm sure many no people scouts, know. Baby. 
Yeah, I'm yep. going scotch by God, but I'm sure many people know because that's where Wheat was as well. Um, and, you know, that has now created so many relationships, and I was so thankful for that opportunity. And I loved every second of it. And honestly, I wouldn't have really changed anything other than maybe my shoulder feeling a little bit better when I wake up in the morning. But other than that, yeah, I loved every second of it. I loved my career and everything about that. And honestly, it just helped me grow as a coach because I started to understand, you know, the adversity. I started to understand when you aren't necessarily feeling like yourself, what you're going through, right? The mental side of it as well, because like Ray said, when you have an injury, even if it is minor, if it's major, it takes a toll on you no matter what. And ultimately it just helped me become a better coach because I could grab a better sense of what every player was going through. No, and I love this. I'll let Jackie chime in after this. I think uh, while we have you guys on, right, it's just the stories here are going to be fantastic. I love that. For our listeners, Jake, when the injury happened, right, you were, and I'll be very cocky for you because like a lot of our guests, you're very modest. You're a good ball player up until the injury, right? Like everything goes on. Call what it is. It sucked. What did you do for your mental health when all that happened? How did you overcome that and get to where you are now? Right. So I really just had to dig down deep and again, accept the fact that the dream was probably gone. You know, I had a couple of offers, then a couple of coaches who were contacting with me, all that contact went away um, from the higher level. So part of it was the acceptance. You know, I, I tried playing through the injury too, and I actually did play my entire sophomore year with the injury again, because yeah. I was kind of pushed through it. And honestly, in the beginning of the year, it was awful. I started off like two for my first 40. It was terrible. Not, nothing was going right. Uh, you know, I felt like every ball I hit hard was right at a guy, everything else. Um, and so at the end of the day, I just kind of had to sit down and the big thing was finding that support group within my friends, um, and finding that group that I could kind of draw to, to be like, Hey man, it's okay. We know that you're a good ball player, right? Go out there and just play, do your thing, do the best that you can quit putting the pressure on yourself of trying to get to this level that really isn't achievable now because of what's going on. So, uh, really just digging deep, find a way to connect with a lot of my buddies, and ultimately, you know, opening up and accepting the fact that, okay, now my career is going to go in a different direction and that's okay. I just have to make the best out of it. I love that. Jack, you had a similar injury, obviously, being a college basketball player. I want you to touch on this and give some feedback there. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, um, Jake, how you got through the injury. I was going to ask what you kind of gained from it, but you sort of answered it for me when you said that it helped you become <laughs> – a better coach after the fact. So my other question would be sort of if you could leave, because obviously there's a lot to touch on with this topic and I've been through an injury, not shoulder, but I've been through an injury that changed the um, direction of my career too. So if you were to talk to a current injured college athlete that sort of is being set back from the injury and it's setting them in a different direction and forcing them to retire, what would you say is like the most important thing mentally in that time of transition and change? Like if you could give them one piece of advice for their mental health and transition, what would that be? Love right. that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a great question. I've had to do this a few times, even in the short period of time that I was coaching. Um, also had to do this with some high school athletes, which is really, really tough. You know, and it only gets tougher, honestly, as, as they get older, because again, the, the dream is winding down, right? You kind of realize your playing days are done and you got to go find yourself in the real world but ultimately it's just digging deep and saying okay why did you start 
this whole journey in the first place? Why did you want to become a baseball player? Why did you want to become whatever sport you're doing, right? And for a lot of these athletes, it kind of goes back to just, I loved having fun. I loved hanging out with a lot of my buddies. You know, it, it's never, it was never, I wanted to make it to the big leagues. That, that really wasn't the reason why you started, right? You started because you wanted to play. You wanted to play a game and you wanted to hang out with your friends. And ultimately you have to realize, hey, that's all I'm doing every day, right? Every day you're lucky that you get to show up onto whatever field, whatever court, wherever you're at and play the sport that you love with the people that you love and with all these relationships that you've now created. Um, and ultimately I, I wish that, you know, I had a lot of those relationships back. Right. And I, like, even as a coach, I love the relationships with the players. Um, but yeah, it was just a super eye opening time uh, to see like, through my own eyes of what was happening with myself. But then when it was happening to players that I was coaching, I was like, man, just love every second of what you're in right now. You know, don't, don't have any regrets as to when you look back on this and say, I wish I would have done this different because I was so focused on, you know, a different picture that I shouldn't have been. Man. I love that. I, I check you. Go ahead. You good? Okay. I love that you touched on the acceptance of a Jake and goal setting. And I think that there's such I think a big issue in college sports and sports in general is everybody's always worried about the one certain goal of, you mentioned, I want to go D1. I want to win this game. And I think if people in college sports and sports in general, any, honestly, any area of life sort of looked at it as if, cause you said the question, like, why did I begin playing sports? If the question of sports can more so be centered around, like, what would a good athlete do and then continue to do those things and create those habits versus what is it going to take to become a D1 player? Because when you lose that, you feel like you've lost all the habits and progress you've made. So right. I feel like the question needs to be more centered around like, what would this sort of athlete do? Because then if everything shits the bed and you get hurt, or you don't play D1, you still have these like habits that you can carry on with you in coaching and in your career. So I like that you touched on goal setting and like the big question around, well, like, why did I even become an athlete? Because I think sometimes people lose sight of that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I was listening to um, Evan Britton's podcast this week, and they have a guy, a young kid. I can't remember his name. He's like 23, 24. That he's in the background going, we got to clip that. We got to clip that. That was a clippable 30 seconds there. So for listeners that are listening, I, that was absolutely fantastic. I appreciate the authenticity and the feedback there is, is so valuable for our athletes that listen. So thank you. Um, I want to swing it over to Ray because Ray, as you know, this is an unedited podcast. We don't do much. Um, we put the intro on and we let it ride. The reason I bring that up is you're a guy, obviously from Barrington, the same way as your brother, Jake, and you were a guy early on that there was a lot of outside noise you were a guy that had a lot of hype in junior high. You got into high school. I'm going to let you tell your story, but to be where you are now, it's a heck of a story. I want to just talk, touch on how you did it from the mental side. So walk through your story and how you did it mentally to go with the physical piece. Yeah. So um, like you said, attended Barrington high school, um, my freshman year of high school, um, I actually, didn't even try out for freshman baseball. Um, I think, I think that was that was honestly kind of tough because you know going from the transition from middle school to high school, like 
I obviously want to go play with all my buddies and like go play high school baseball with all of them. But at the same point, um, I think I just came to realize more like I'm on a little bit of a, a different path than some guys. And my push to be great, I think, is a little bit different than other guys. So I spent that whole spring um, just training with my dad. Um, shout, him shout him out. Shout him out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out, Papa P, uh, Steve Peterson, um, biggest advocate in all of our baseball careers for myself and my brother. Um, but yeah, me and him, we worked together um, all spring my freshman year, just kind of training to build up to the point where I would be able to consistently compete at a varsity baseball level that upcoming season. Um, not saying that I wasn't ready to do that, um, but I think from a physical and a mental standpoint, I don't believe I was ready to do that. Um, throughout high school, I was, I was still a pretty immature player. Um, I'd let a lot of little things get to me. Um, a lot of pent up frustration from failures. Um, and I think kind of, as I've gone throughout my career here, I think I've learned that like, you gotta take, you gotta take your failures when you get them. Um, and that was kind of eye-opening when I got to college, but I'll get into more of that in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so the next year I played as a sophomore uh, varsity baseball at Barrington. Um, had a really good season. Um, didn't get many looks. Um, I was a – growing up, I was always known as, like, the power hitter, or the strongest arm on the team, whatever it was, and – like, once again, I had to come to realize, like, that that wasn't me anymore. Like, I had to get bigger, stronger, so I could compete with these guys at the next level. Because, as all of us know, everybody starts to catch up at some point. Um, and I think that really started to catch up with me when I got into high school. Um, but then my junior year was um, definitely a, a big year because I think that's really when I worked my hardest, trained my hardest to go do my goal of playing division one baseball. Um, and those hopes and dreams kind of got shot down a little bit by COVID obviously in 2020, um, which it was tough um, because I had worked so hard during the off season, um, just getting myself to be bigger, stronger, to be able to compete at that level. Um, and it just kind of getting taken away was just kind of, kind of deflating for me, honestly. Um, which we were lucky enough to play baseball that upcoming summer um, with Jake obviously being one of our coaches. That was definitely the best summer of my life for sure. Um, we had an absolute blast doing that. Um, and, you know, we didn't get many opportunities to play that summer, but when we did, we, we definitely competed our ass off. Um, and that was one thing that I think I'm I'm definitely grateful for that COVID that COVID kind of did happen, um, and I think it kind of did push me and be like, all right, I got to work even harder to get myself noticed by college coaches, um, and I think that's definitely something that helped. Which then moving forward to my senior year, I committed to go to Morton College um, in my senior fall um, here in Cicero, about 15 minutes from downtown Chicago. Um, 
And once again, I was, I was kind of in a situation where I was like, do I want to take the next step where I can be great and kind of put myself above other people or should, you know, am I just going to ride my senior year out here? Um, play with my, you know, with my buddies that I've played with for 10, 12 years of my life, you know? Um, and it was honestly a really hard decision. Um, but I ended up deciding to graduate high school early to attend Morton College that upcoming spring so I could get a full season um, of college baseball in. And I think my goal from that um, was not only to play, but was obviously to continue my career and go to, go to the Division One level, um, which I'm thankful and grateful to be at right now, obviously. Um, but I don't know. It was it was definitely tough um, coming here. My first season after Morton, it was definitely a big change. It was definitely very eye opening. Um, it's definitely a lot more competitive first day out. Um, definitely more than I was expecting. Um, you know, everybody's everybody's on you a little bit harder. You got older guys that are kind of all over you for not doing things the right way. And I was I really. I mean, I was used to that growing up, but it was definitely a little more than I had ever been around for sure. Um, and from a mental standpoint, it kind of, it kind of beat me up from the beginning, honestly, because, um, it was really hard. Like I had to, I had to juggle, you know, doing school and then playing baseball at the same time. Um, and I think I was in such a new environment, um, around so many new people. And I think I really struggled to adapt to that at first. Um, I mean, it was it was hard. Uh, me and my two roommates, like, we weren't used to getting up at four forty-five in the morning every day and going to condition, and then you're go you got to go to class for four hours, and then you come back and practice later that day, and you got to be mentally and physically locked in for however many hours that is. Um, and it was definitely draining, and it was tough. Um, but I think I came to realize that like the failure is going to happen. Like I need to accept that failure is going to happen here or else I'm just going to drive myself into a hole and I'm going to be out of the game quicker than I got in it, you know? So I really came to realize that. Um, and I think kind of after my first fall being here at UIC, it was, it was like, all right. I'm starting to get myself acclimated. Like you fail, like keep your head up. You got to keep going. Um, whereas before, like I said, I was a really immature player. Um, and any, any little failure I had, it'd be like, Oh, like I'm going to go slam my bat, throw my helmet, like throw a tantrum, like a, like a child. So, um, but no, I, I think from a mental standpoint, I've gotten, a lot stronger just because of this place. Um, and obviously from a physical standpoint, you have to be able to keep up to the expectation of everybody else. Um, and yeah, I have one more year here at UIC as of right now, um, because I lost that year of eligibility when I went to Morton college, but no, no other way I'd have it for sure. Um, which just gives me a little extra motivation to, have a great year here and hopefully get a shot in 20 rounds of the draft. So.
Ray, I, um, oh man, I say it a lot of the times, run that back too, because there's so much good there. And it starts once again, the same thing I said to Jay, how modest you are about how as a senior in high school, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go play college baseball, which point one of people do. And the composure and how you did things is idolizing for a lot of our listeners and a lot of my athletes I've worked with to this day. The second thing I, I man, I love this too. Failure is a privilege. It is. To get the opportunity to knock on wood and go make some impact and do this stuff, people go their whole lives chasing that impact, trying to get there. And the fact that, what, Ray, you're, what, 21, 22? How old are you now? I'm 20. I'll be 21 uh, in October. That's so crazy. So you're 20 years old, unlocking things that myself, Jackie, Jake, and our listeners you're so beyond your years in that aspect. It's amazing, man, to hear you talk because honestly, any other guest, I might've cut you off. But every time you kept going there, there was more things I was learning and that our listeners were learning. So man, that, that was amazing. The third thing I'm gonna get over to Jackie too is how composed you are now at 20 compared to probably what you were at 17, 18, Making that jump and who you are now, man, super powerful. I appreciate that feedback and the authenticity there as well. Jackie, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, you touched on most of it, Pat, but I think it's pretty great here that you came on and you were very vulnerable in the fact that you did struggle mentally and physically. Because I think a lot of the times athletes are people that are so go, 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 go. And they don't always want to admit when things get hard. So the fact that you admitted it was hard mentally and physically, I think is good for our listeners. Because I think sometimes there's a gap between D3 players and D1, where I know a lot of D3 players who kind of like idolize D1 players and think that everything's just good all the time. Um, So for you to come on here and say that, I think keeps it real. And the fact that no matter what level you're playing at or how good or talented you are, you run into times of adversity and touching on failure, it reminds me of, um, there's a line of talking about like growth comes through tension. So it sounds like you were put in a position where you mentally and physically were being pushed and you were sort of in an area where there was tension and you got through it. And I like that you touched on the fact and you were able to admit that like you were an immature player and you can tell now how composed you are talking about it. So I appreciate you being vulnerable and just being really authentic and transparent when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I think it, I say it all the time, and I say it in organizations and successful programs, it really starts at the top, right? Um, I, I know where these guys are coming from, right? They have a mom that's would would do anything for these boys, a sweetheart, right? You have a dad that shout out Lisa. Shout her out. You have to, because I obviously come from a single mom household and my mom has been an absolute rock. And I, I know that Lisa has been amazing for you guys. And then obviously Steve as well, someone that trained me, someone that not only held you guys accountable and set that bar, but loved you guys as well. I think that's something I want to touch on. So, Jake, before I go into that, and your career now, obviously being a 
know, student success advisor and being at a, a prestigious university. How did you get there, man? Like, how did you end up here sitting out there in Virginia going, man, I've arrived, man. Talk to me about that. Yeah, ultimately, I just wanted to try and help in any way possible. Really, when I got into coaching, like Ray said, I've coached him. I've coached for 16 years now, since I was like 11 or 12 years old. I was coaching kids who were younger than me. And I really realized at a young age that I want to help other people, uh, really in any way possible. I know that I'm a pretty good communicator, that I can get points across, and that I can also have difficult conversations. Because I think that's what a lot of this really boils down to is having difficult conversations and opening up other people to accept the failures and what's going on around them. Um, Cause obviously in sports and especially in baseball, you fail a lot within baseball. I always use the term fail better, right? A lot of people say fail forward. Um, Cause every time you fail, it's an opportunity to now try again. And even if you fail again, as long as you fail better or fail forward, you're now building towards success and building towards succeeding. Um, and ultimately, that's kind of the whole mindset now that I'm trying to bring into the student success environment. And I've luckily had a lot of students take pretty well to it. Other ones at times are a little bit you know, put off by it at first. But ultimately, they know that I'm just trying to help them, that I'm that I have their best interest in mind. They realize that I'm not trying to beat them down or beat them up. I'm trying to help them realize that they can do better, pull more out of themselves. Um, and I've had a few students say, they love how genuine I am. They love how, you know, I'm giving them that tough love. They say other advisors just put a schedule in front of them and tell them to go run off with it kind of thing. Um, and it's unfortunate to hear that. But ultimately, I know that that's what I'm trying to do at the end of the day is help a lot of these students again move forward and succeed, get a college education. My job is to help them graduate. Uh, all of their goals for the most part is to graduate in four years. And really, that's what I want to help them get towards. And I know that for a lot of them, because I am working with probably 40% of my students who are in academic warning or academic probation. So for a lot of them, they need that tough love. And they need that little extra push to help get them through these tough times. Jake, I know the answer to this. But I'm going to ask. I'm going to kick it to Jackie. Do you feel like the most important thing is believing in them? hundred percent and, and showing them that there is somebody who's got their back. Right. And, and of some, someone to support them. And for a lot of these athletes, like our, for example, our team that we had last year, we weren't the most talented group, right? We were coming off a 10 win season. We, we were, and honestly we overachieved when we won 10 wins and we ended up coming out winning 30 games, winning the conference, going to a regional. And a lot of it was because we had a coaching staff that really did believe in our guys rode with them we had open conversations with them outside of baseball right shout out to chris lewis phenomenal coach down there in barberville kentucky um mapped up in the middle of nowhere oh yeah like, i mean middle of nowhere right and just doing a great job of again letting uh, letting all these students know that we have their backs and that they can come in and have these tough conversations i mean we had multiple conversations with zero baseball ever talked about and tears were being shed and everything else. And it's because we are trying to be open and show them that we are there for them, not only on the baseball side, but also the actual life side, because ultimately if you are playing at the NAIA level, you have a very small percent chance of actually making it to that next level. So we have to have these conversations about life and moving forward, mental health, everything along those lines. Man, it's not cookie cutter at all. And if you have a chance to be somebody's hero and believe in somebody, 
that would be my challenge. Jackie, what do you got? I think that this is the perfect, <clears throat> excuse me, example of sports translating to real life because you're sort of taking all the lessons that you learn through your injury and adversity in sports and you're using that to help people outside of whatever sport they play. So my question um, to bounce off that is, do you have any tips for people who, because I see a lot of people that like advocate for mental health and I think a lot of it becomes very surface level, but we keep going back to having those tough conversations. Do you have any tips for people who may be on their team or within their family, friends, doesn't even have to be within sports for like facilitating those difficult conversations? I think, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's not an easy question because not everybody wants to be open, right, towards that conversation. So I think part of it is not coming off too abrasive, right, not coming off mm -hmm. too abrupt. Um, and honestly, I think that's where I've grown. I think you can ask Ray. Like he said, he wasn't always the mentally strongest player in the world. He would throw his tantrums, everything else, and I would get very frustrated at him. And it'd be more of a yelling match, especially since we're brothers, than it would be an open conversation. Um, you know, and I think over the years and over time, I've learned to actually – you know, control that and create that open conversation with other people um, and really make sure that they want to have the conversation. Because if they're not ready for the conversation, there's no point in having the conversation because nothing is going to get accomplished. Nothing's going to get across. So you have to make sure that you've created that relationship first, which is tough in my position because I have about a 30 minute meeting with them, maybe once or twice a semester. That's it. So it's creating that relationship right away, letting them know that I'm there for them um, and ultimately leading them to the point of, OK, are you ready to have this tough conversation now? Because it has to be had and we have to get things back in order because you're falling behind and you're not going to get caught back up. And especially like Pat said, at a school like Old Dominion, that's pretty bit like higher prestige, everything else, it's expensive. So these students are falling behind not only within grades, but in the pocketbook. So. No, love that. Love that. Jackie, fantastic question. I, I got to kick it over to Ray and here's why. I love it from a post-baseball perspective, but I love it from a, the dream is still in front of you perspective. Uh, unfortunately for myself, Jake, Jackie, Weed, shout out Weedy. I miss him. I'm, I'm tearing don't, up. Don't tell Weed his dream's done. Don't tell him that. He I, won't believe you. I, I'm pretty sure Weed is still trying to play MLB baseball last time I checked, which is yeah. an incredible story. We'll touch on that more on as we go on. But, yeah. Ray, for a guy like you, right, that you did the – I hate to say it, but I'll compare it – the whole Bryce Harper thing where you – you skip high school, you play in college, you play at a high level, you play division one, check, check, check. There's still one more goal for you at baseball wise, playing wise. Talk about that journey to get to that next level now and any advice for our athletes trying to chase a similar route. Um, I think, I think it's different for everybody, right? Um, a guy like me, um, I'm only 5'10", if I'm lucky. I actually was 5'9", in our physical. Not happy about that. That was wrong. But um, a guy like me, where I'm a little bit undersized, like, you look at you look at these guys across all sports. Um, one great example is uh, 
the new rookie running back for the Cowboys, Deuce Vaughn. I think he's like 5'4", 5'5". But you look at these guys, and they're just built physically like absolute beasts. And I think, for me, one, you need to look the part. um, And then two is obviously, you know, playing the part. Um, And I think the last the last two years um i've had my ups and downs right um but i think for me it's a it's a consistency thing and i think for a lot of athletes it's a consistency thing um if i if i'm able to build up my consistency um just consistently stringing together good at bats consistently you know being on the barrel putting up good numbers um because everything nowadays is analytical with track man and all these high class numbers, but I think a lot of the times um, scouts don't even really need to come out and watch you play unless they're looking for just something in your game, but they can go online and say, okay, this guy's averaging this, this, this on his bad speed, his exit speed, all that kind of stuff. Um, But I think for me, it's, I need to do something that stands out to them. Right. Um, I'm a little bit undersized, like I said, but you know, the hustle doubles, the scoring on a a double and at first base, you know, stuff that some guys might take for advantage or, you know, might not succeed to. I think I kind of, I try to thrive in those categories. Um, So I think for, for athletes out there, I think it's more of you need to do something that stands out um, consistently rather than, just being able to do one thing good um, because if you're in this kind of a similar position as I am, I think it's going to be hard to get yourself out there because there's so many good players all across the country. Um, and I, I think from, from a mental standpoint, it's, I just need to keep my mind like one day at a time, like you keep working hard and, you know, this dream is going to come true instead of saying, okay, I have to make it. I have to do this. I have to do that or else I won't get drafted, um, which gets kind of hard sometimes. But I think it's, like I said, you just got to take it one day at a time um, because whatever happens at the end of the day happens. But at least, you know, you, you put your best effort forward um, and then whatever happens after that, it's out of your hands. So. Man, I love it. I'm gonna kick it to Jackie in a second. You don't, you don't have to get to. People go their whole lives trying to get to where a lot of things we've touched on today, which is a privilege, right? Playing on ESPN, getting putting put on draft boards, getting to have these conversations. It, man, that's amazing. And I think the big thing too with you is everything is still in front of you. And the consistency point for our athletes and for adults, right? Sometimes it just takes, hey, wake up 10 minutes earlier or do two minutes of breathing or walk around the block with your puppy, walk your kid to the bus stop. The consistency piece, man, I, there's so much good here. Jake, you got something yeah. over there. Well, I, I was just going to say the consistency piece. Shout out to Corey G. He's a, a fitness influencer, phenomenal uh, fitness influencer. If anybody ever needs any kind of diet tips, uh, if you're pretty serious about working out, phenomenal guy. 
But his biggest thing that he says is that consistency is his superpower. And yeah. it truly is. And yeah. honestly, Ray, like the big thing too, like you're saying, consistency in the mental game too is the biggest part. I think that's the biggest separator between a college athlete and a professional athlete. I was lucky enough this year to coach one of the best catchers in the country, in my opinion. And his biggest difference was that he was so consistent, both physically and mentally, every single day, following routines, following rituals, all of it. That's what made him better. And that's what helped him every single day. And, you know, Ray, I see you all the time. You're so consistent with everything you do. And it's it's why you're as great as you are. And now it's just, again, layering that day on day on day and believing in it and, you know, not setting yourself back by putting too much pressure on yourself. And I think that's what a lot of athletes have to realize. Man, that that is a fantastic chime in there because I saw you start putting the hand up like yeah. the consistency piece and Ed by I'm gonna go to Jackie, but the Ed my piece of this, and I don't know if you guys listen to Ed, but he talks about how you can be better than the normal person, than amazingly better than a lot of people by just showing up and making noise and doing 100%. your thing. Man, that's a separator. And when Ray talked about the stretching, the doubles, the scoring from first on a ball in the gap, the things that guys take for, for granted, man, maxing out what you have and your gifts is so powerful. Jackie, what do you got? Yeah, this last like three minutes has just been, the last three minutes has just been unreal because I think that especially you have Ray who's about to, who is playing at a high level and has the potential to play at a higher level. I think that people always think that there's some like secret or he was just born with it. When at the end of the day, all it is is just showing up. So I think it was good for our listeners to hear Ray and Jake touch on that because there's no secret shortcut. It's just, and the quote that I'm going to say with this to wrap this conversation up, because you all have hit the nail on the head with this. And the quote just goes, be consistently good, not occasionally great. And it's just yeah. as simple as that. It doesn't have to, it doesn't mean it's easy. You don't have to make it easy for yourself, but you can make it simple instead of overcomplicating the whole process. Just do one thing every day instead of trying to max out two times a week. Just pick your area of growth, whether it be sports, work, anything, fitness, and just do one little thing a day instead of trying to be occasionally great you can just make it so simple for yourself and still get the work in and get where you want to be man that is so well spoken i, I freaking love that I, I really do and we're at the point now where it's like i think people get intimidated by that right where they've been doing things the wrong way for so long and they think they have to do everything and this is from a mental health standpoint i wake up monday morning i have to do 12 things right in a row no, it literally starts by that one spark. And if you do one thing better than the day before, you can domino affect it over time. We're such an instant gratification society that people get caught up in that. So it's like going bowling. If you never went bowling before and you want to strike every time, like, no, like that's not how it's going to go. So I think that's important, right? Consistency screams success as we go on, not right away, but as we go on. Okay, so we are at the 50 minute mark. I know it's a dual interview, so like 30 and 30, so we're in a good spot. Jake, two questions for you, and I'm gonna swing it to Ray. We ask our guests every week, 
what your keep going moment is. Tell me that. Tell our listeners that. I got to know. And I think it's a very deep question. I love this part of your podcast every single week because every answer is so different. And personally for me, it's just that drive to accomplish something great and help others. Um, you know, I don't necessarily need to be the great one. I want others to be the great one. So for me, the keep going moment, I think kind of happens daily when those students now have that spark of, okay, no, I get it. I need, I need to do this, this, that I need to make the drive. And not only do they say it during our little meeting, but they also are now sending me emails, right? They're consistently like, Hey, where's the tutor for this? What do I do for this, that? And, and that's what I love to see. I love to see now, okay, I'm building this line of communication. The student has trust in me and now we're actually moving somewhere. It's not just, you know, someone potentially blowing smoke up me saying, Oh yeah, no, I've got it. I've got it. We're good. Let's go. And then just trying to get out of the meeting in 30 minutes with their classes. Right. It's actually this, this conversation, this constant line of communication and just this, now realization of, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I wasn't doing. This is how I'm going to better myself. So personally, my keep going moment was the injury, pushing through that and finding that. But now daily, I think I'm having these keep going moments of, you know, what's reminding me of why I'm doing my job and why I'm helping out people on a daily basis. Would you change anything? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely. I, I know we've had this conversation before personally. Uh, no, absolutely not. Man, I'm, it's getting dusty in here. I'm yeah. on fire. Wow. Oh, wow. All right, Ray, I'm going to you next. Tell me your keep going more. I'd say for me, um, my keep going moment was um, when I made that transition from my senior year to Morton College. Um, because I, I think I, I put myself in a place where um, if I did succeed, I could move myself up to higher levels in this game. Um, but I think that that kind of gave me extra motivation to be like, all right, nobody really, nobody was really looking at me before from a division one standpoint. So like, I want to show these guys, like I'm here, like I can compete at the next level. Um, and I think that was just kind of my, my everyday attitude towards it when I was at Morton um, was just like, go out there, compete. Um, and let's just, let's put everything on the table. Cause I know I can compete with guys at the next level. Like I've watched guys compete at the next level. Like I can be that I can be better than that. Um, so I think for me, it was that transition from high school to college where it was like, all right, I'm in college now. This is real. Um, let's let's start competing and you know let's let's live out this dream so man and here's what i'll say too for any baseball guys listening to the podcast today that have any impact on what 20 plus rounds ray is not five nine i'm five nine and at this point in time i'm telling you he's not five nine so whatever the physical says that's incorrect but in all seriousness Hey, when it comes to your career going forward, for our listeners that are trying to chase this impact, trying to chase this dream, what's the most important thing for you? Um, I think for me, um, it's just keeping that 
consistent mindset like I've kind of talked about throughout this podcast. Um, like I said, it's it's got to be that one day at a time mentality. Um, like this isn't uh, this isn't just going to come in a week and it's going to be like, all right, like let's go get drafted. This is going to be a a day to day grind. Um, continuing my consistencies of you know being better physically getting stronger and then obviously building the mental game like we talked about in the beginning um you know a lot of a lot of times people slip away from things that they've been doing those consistencies um and you know i've even done that myself in the past like i've, I've done that a lot um it's easy to get away from from things when you start to get better when you start to you know, improve. Um, but I think for me, the, the big thing is just consistently doing these things all throughout this entire season, um, not just through the fall season, but even through the spring season. Um, and then obviously finding better things to improve my game, improve myself mentally, um, just to keep building, you know, keep building up the ladder. And eventually, like we said, just hopefully getting a shot in those 20 rounds um, where I'm as mentally and physically locked in day in, day out as I can be. So That's it. And I think I talk about it too in my company where we're my full-time job. Believe it or not, we're not full-time podcasters. Um, Jake obviously worked for us at one point on CSA, and I talk about all the time. Taking the red, the bad, and getting it to green, but it's equally as important to get the green to dark green yeah. because you have people that need to get there, but you have people that need to reach it at the highest level and feel that. So I think that's so key because I think depends on who you talk to, right? Like, do we focus on the top performers? Do we focus on the weak links? Everyone has different opinions. I, I think it's, it's just working with the team and getting from red to green and green to dark green and getting everyone to be their best. Jackie, put a bow on this. Let's wrap this up. You honestly just kind of hit the the nail on the head of what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even it. need to hit on it more. We hit anything I'm thinking. You guys have either answered any question I've had or you've sort of rephrased what I was going to say. Oh, beautiful. And, and that's how we know it's a good conversation. I Honestly, it's like talking in Petey's basement right now. Like if we would just put it in perspective, right like it, it's that's how these conversations should be um jackie brought this up earlier this week about like what our preface of this podcast is and wh what we're trying to achieve it's these conversations it's getting together on a sunday morning and and if you're in a cubicle if you're in a dugout if you're anywhere in the world listening to this right now it's powerful Right. These are the cool conversations about mental health. And uh, man, coming from a household where I got a brother of my own uh, that's super close to me. And Jackie's obviously a twin with her sister. Like this is an incredible conversation. So before I wrap up, I need to say thank you to you guys. And what a blessing. And man, how awesome this has been. Jake, I'll give you your FaceTime and then Ray. Anything else to say to our listeners today? No, number one, thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Ray, for hopping on here, too. Love you, brother. Uh, you know, don't really have too much to really finish up with other than just make sure you're real with yourself, everyone. Make, make sure you're, you're having these honest, tough conversations, not only with others, but with yourself. 
And like we touched on in the beginning, life's too short. Make phone calls, reach out to people that you haven't reached out to in a while. Even if it's got to be, you know, that thankful Thursday thing. We started doing that last year with our team, making our guys make the tough conversations, uh, just pulling all these things out to ultimately make you a better person. Yeah, David Mitchell actually called me last year. On I Chase. love that. He's the one that inspired that. I called someone every Thursday for the last year because I was on a run in Wrigleyville. And David Mitchell called me at 9 a.m. in the morning on a Thursday. And it, it changed my it changed my whole life. So thank you for that with your guys and and be, being somebody's hero. Thank you, Ray. What do you got, brother? Just want to say thanks, to Jackie and Pat, and obviously Weed's not with us, but uh, shout out to you guys for having us on. And uh, like Jake said, uh, just kind of kind of pushing forward. And you know, I'm going to say, don't let anybody tell you no. Um, I've been kind of told no and pushed away my whole life. And now I'm at this point where I'm kind of in the same position and I'm, I'm not backing down. That's for sure. You know, I'm going to keep going till, till I live this dream out. And, you know, like I said, whatever happens at the end of the day, it happens. It's out of your hands. But as long as you know, you put your best effort forward, that's all you can do. So Jackie, I knew we were bringing it, but I didn't know we were bringing it like this. This was tough. This was really, really good. And back to one last thing that I just wanted to add that Jake said, I like in the beginning when you mentioned to call people, because I, I definitely text people and tell them I'm grateful for them, but I definitely want to be better about picking up the phone and calling people, even if it's five minutes or even if it's leaving a voicemail and they see that I made the effort to call them. Um, definitely something I'm going to do and you guys just inspired me to do that. So I'll hop on the Thursday trend with that. That's it. Travis Scott. I didn't know I was going to drop a Travis Scott line. baby. <laughs> Come on, let's go. You know, it's, it's, it's that simple though. I, I absolutely love this. I absolutely love the opportunity. I, I know we've been here for over an hour, so I appreciate everybody's time, but Hey, go enjoy some football. It's been a heck of a 42 episode today. And uh, I, I hate to say it, but Go pack, go just for these. Go pack, go, baby. Go pack, go. I'll say that today and today only. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> just for these guys, I love these dudes so much. I'll give you one of them, but um, love you guys. We'll go ahead and put a bow on it today and uh, keep going, boys. And Jack, you as well, okay? Love appreciate you all. You appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Always. Love you guys. Appreciate it.